Happy Friday, Story Fam. Hey, I hope you've had a great week. I really have. I've been riding high ever since last Sunday when after 210 days of online-only worship, we finally had people, people, real people, back in the house, in the building, worshiping God together in person once again. And it was so encouraging to see everybody again. And I want to thank everybody that came. Uh, I know, uh, however, that it's not time for everybody yet. And so that's perfectly understandable. If you're in one of the at-risk categories for COVID-19, I want to encourage you to continue enjoying the stories online services for now. But if you're not high risk uh, for COVID and you'd like to experience the story in person once again, I've got a little bit more good news for you this week because in addition to our 945 and 1105 services, we're opening up the early service, which has been at 845. Now it's moving up to 830. So you've really got to be committed to Jesus to get there, to get here on time. 830 on Sunday morning. Um, I want you to keep two things in mind about that. Not only the time change, not 845, it's 830. Um, because we need that extra 15 minutes to sanitize the room before the next service starts. But also, if you want to come to the 830 service, you don't have to RSVP online. You don't have to pre-register. That's pretty cool. So you can just show up and worship. We're kind of banking on the possibility that not a lot of people are going to show up (laughs) for the 830 service. Who knows what will happen. But for now, you don't have to pre-register to just show up this Sunday, 830. And we'll be here ready to worship. Now, if you'd rather come to 945 or 1105, we are asking that you still pre-register with us uh, by visiting thestory.church slash RSVP. One little side note here, guys, this is important. We suddenly, with this sort of reopening, we suddenly have a real urgent need for some new volunteers who can help us make Sunday worship happen. So we need camera operators. You don't have to know how to run a video camera. We'll show you on the job training. Uh, And we also need someone who can run slides like the song lyrics and my sermon slides. So if you can help us in any way uh, with these jobs or other jobs that we that we have open right now, please email us at info at the story dot church info at the story dot church. We're desperate. So (laughs) y'all help us out. okay? this week's reflection is titled. Can you ever really know what's true? So let's dig in. A couple of years ago, uh, before opening to the public, a a new high-end shoe store in an upscale Los Angeles shopping district hosted a special event for fashion critics and social media starlets. New stores often wine and dine popular influencers for the purpose of generating buzz and to build momentum in preparation for the grand opening. The host of this particular swanky soiree was none other than Bruno Palessi, an up-and-coming designer whose stunning stiletto heels had been all the rage on Instagram in the months prior to the event. He claimed that his new store, Palessi, catered to elegant elites, and the decor from the red carpet and the mini runway to the crystal shelves and the gallery lighting screamed luxury. The VIP guests couldn't get enough, They paid $600 for leopard print sneakers and up to $1,800 for 5-inch heels. When the press asked for comments, the socialites there offered their highest praise. One woman said, Palessi is just such high quality, high fashion, taking your shoe game up to the next level. It looks really well made. Another one said, it's just stunning. 
elegant, sophisticated, and versatile. And yet another said, I would pay $400, $500. People are going to be like, where did you get those? Those are amazing. So the event was a tremendous success on two fronts, really. First, as a momentum boost for a brand new store. And second, as a social experiment that exposed our culture's absurd materialism. Because it was all a lie. There was no grand opening. There were no designer shoes. The VIP influencers were real, but they weren't there to see the new Palessi store that they'd heard about on Instagram. Because Bruno Palessi doesn't have an Instagram. Because Bruno Palessi doesn't exist. And neither does his store. Those shoes they loved were anything but high-end. They were from Payless Shoe Source. In fact, Payless sponsored the whole event to prove a point. In the right part of town, under the right kind of lights, in the hands of the right kind of people, Payless, a.k.a. Palessi Shoes, are every bit as desirable as the most luxurious designer footwear in the world. Once the ruse was revealed, some of the shocked VIPs ate crow publicly and promised to promote Payless's discount shoes to their online followers. One defining characteristic of life in the 21st century, as illustrated by the Palessi fiasco, is our struggle to discern what's real. We've become so accustomed to being fooled by fake news, fake politicians, fake stories, and just fake people that we've grown more cynical than ever. We're so jaded that we're immediately suspicious of anything that looks too shiny, too new, too beautiful, or good. See those pretty people on that magazine cover? It's just Photoshop. See that politician who seems cool and has some pretty good ideas? She's just like the rest of them. See that mega church with the celebrity preacher? It's just another religious con. See that news story about the deep state on Fox News? It's just more conservative propaganda. See that story about climate change on CNN? It's just more liberal propaganda. <laughs> now, I could be wrong about all of this, but I happen to believe that the lethal combination of 24-hour news and social media enables much of our cynical thinking. In a recent thread of tweets, which was posted on a Tuesday, Twitter user at the shrillest illustrated perfectly how this phenomenon works, this, uh, this evil spawn of uh, media, social media and news media, uh, how it works to confuse and, and misinform the masses. Again, this was posted on a Tuesday, okay? Headline number one, today is Friday, he posted. Headline number two, the case for today being Friday. Headline number three, People are saying today isn't Friday. Here's why they're wrong. Headline number four. The scientific consensus is that today isn't Friday, but that's changing. Headline number five. Why acting like today isn't Friday is everything that's wrong with America. Headline number six. The media told us today isn't Friday. That's how we got Donald Trump. <laughs> that cracks me up every time. Now, if you replace the Tuesday-Friday controversy, quote-unquote, with just about any other real issue, gun control, climate change, voter fraud, immigration, gender fluidity, or sexuality, you can find the news media on either side of the aisle employing the same deceptive tactics. Because when their end game is profitability and not the truth, well, 
Nothing makes money like controversy and fear and sex. So if they can keep us turned on or turning on each other or hating each other or afraid of each other, they've got us right where they want us. And when you see this happening, it's tempting to feel absolutely hopeless. How are we ever supposed to know the difference between what's real and what's not? Why even try to make that distinction if we're probably going to fail and look stupid in the process? And this way of thinking can easily creep into your spiritual life as well. Like, remember that time you thought you felt God's presence? Maybe you were just being emotional. Remember that time you said, we're going to miss him, but we'll see him in heaven one day. Maybe that's just what you say when somebody dies. Remember that time you felt a sudden nudge in your heart to help the homeless guy on the street? Maybe you just did it to feel good about yourself for a minute. When it comes down to you and God, how do you know what's real and what's not? In his book, Knowing Christ Today, Dallas Willard criticized our culture's deeply cynical treatment of Christianity. He claimed that Western academia has, without any real knowledge of the Christian faith, falsely determined that to be a Christian is to be disconnected from reality. And this is the quote from his book. That approach is often combined today with the thought that the basic teachings of Christianity, the existence of a personal God, his intervention and direction in human affairs, the spiritual nature of human beings, the fundamental reliability of the Bible, and the central teachings of the church have been discovered to be false or without credible evidence. In short, Christianity has been found out, and it is at best only a set of humanely contrived myths and traditions, if not an outright fraud. So, to be clear, that's what Willard is saying. Academia has said uh, or decided about Christianity. But the, the reality is that our, our claim as Christians isn't and has never been that we've got it all right and every other religion has it all wrong. A better way of thinking about it would be that every world religion is a copy or a copy of a copy or a copy of a copy of a copy. Even the many forms and denominations of institutional Christianity are copies of a copy. And copies aren't perfect representations of the original. That's why we call them copies. And copies of copies are even less accurate. But that's not really the point. The point I want to get at is that we all agree. We all agree that there is an original to be copied. Even agnostics and many atheists agree on this point, generally. And so we share this metaphysical understanding of reality across religious lines. As Roger Olson wrote, at the heart of every metaphysic, every vision of ultimate reality, lies something absolute, something believed to be the source and or connecting center of all that is. By absolute, here is meant only unsurpassable in terms of explanatory power. It is whatever sustains, controls, governs, or connects everything else. To reject such an absolute, ultimate reality is to reject metaphysics entirely. Even strict pluralists, people who believe that all reality is but a collection of individual things without any absolute or ultimate reality connecting them, even they believe in some force or principle such as creativity or just energy in the universe. The reason metaphysics is ultimately unavoidable is due to the persistent pressing questions of all inquiring minds.
Why is there something rather than nothing? And what is the meaning of existence? Only a nihilist can answer with a firm denial of source or purpose. I'll just end the quote right there. Um, that's a powerful quote from Roger Olson. It's a reminder that a cynic may look at the copies and say, well, everything must be fake. But deep down, we know that if copies exist, then so must the original. It occurs to me that so much about this year just feels fake and unreliable. It's so hard right now to know what's real and what's not. But what if, hidden deep underneath all our superficialities and all our misunderstandings, there is something and someone worthy of our trust? For Christians, that's Jesus. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6, Paul wrote, For it is the God who said, Let light shine out of darkness, who has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Amen. I hope you all have a great weekend, and I'll see you this Sunday, either in person at 8.30, 9.45, or 11.05, or online at all those same worship times. I love you all so much. Thanks for being a part of Friday Grace and Truth today. Bye, everybody.